welcome to the first spooky episode of 2022 while you're on our main feed. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Boo! Oh, he's only scared me this time. Jeremy Gregory is not going to be available for this episode. Hopefully he'll be back soon. Uh, but we're still going to cover the game we've been planning on talking about. In the last few Halloweens, we've covered Silent Hill 1. Sound Hill 2, and then Sound Hill 3 last year. So this year it made total sense. I'm not going to do something crazy. We're going to cover Silent Hill 4, <laughs> uh, which is arguably the second most fun you'll have uh, involving a hole in your bathroom. But we're going to get to Silent Hill 4 in a minute. <laughs> Billy, what have you been playing since our last uh, show? Yeah. Well, you know, I've just I've been once again just kind of tooling around here and there aimlessly. Uh, I have given that Overwatch 2 a little bit of a go, um, you know, with, with kind of mixed results. I was I was a big fan of the first one. And, you know, I, I got really, I played it so much, I got severely burned out. Kind of had to sit it down. Uh, second one, I'm jumping in, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's Overwatch. There's, there's, there's no mistake in that. I don't know really um, what's new that's gotten tossed in there, but but who knows. But there, there, are, there are some video game, uh, uh, a lot of video game playing going on around the house currently. Uh, my, my fiance, I talked into firing up Bioshock. Uh, and, and hopefully we'll get to play through the entire series. And that, that'll kind of get me off the hook because I usually sit down and play through all the Bioshock games every year. That's going to count for me. I just I, I keep forgetting how much I just love that setting. Um, I, I just love everything about that game. But yeah, for me, it's just been, you know, work has been keeping me occupied. Got back on CrossCode a little bit, played through it for a while, picking up just extra quests here and there, a uh, little bit of Overwatch. God damn it, I sat down, I tried playing that Apex Legends again just to remember why I don't play it, because I am <laughs> awful at it. Uh, as you can tell, I'm just, I'm really so swamped lately. Um, aside from this game, I haven't had time to really sink into anything, so I'm just I'm kind of playing things I can just sort of pick up and play. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of the same, just kind of finding quick games uh, that are that are simple, fast games, I, you know, I've... I, uh, on, on my Switch, I was playing, and I post about this on Twitch, at least, or I post about this on Twitter. Uh, I finished up Zombie Driver, uh, which was just mm. some game I mm. found for sale a while ago. It's almost like the original Grand mm -hmm. Theft Auto, but uh, with much cleaner graphics, and you're just driving over zombies. There's missions to do. It's it's fun. It's kind of mindless, but uh, but it was a good time, and I finished all the story missions, uh, finally. Mm -hmm. I, I started last year and then got maybe halfway through the game before Halloween hit, and I was like, well, I'll get back to this. And, well, it happened this Halloween uh, pretty early on. But the other thing I've been playing, uh, and I finished it, and I love this game. Uh, it, it's not new, but it's kind of a, a continuation of the old series, was Return to Monkey Island. So oh, yeah. we, we haven't covered a Monkey Island game on the podcast because really the only the first one uh, was out on consoles. And, and it's fine, mm -hmm. but um, I've loved that series. They did remakes that were on the like mm -hmm. Xbox 360 and stuff of the first two games. Uh, there, there was a Tales, uh, Traveler's Tales, not Traveler's Tales. What's the, um, the company like the Walking Dead games? Uh, the, Telltale. The, there was a Telltale series that they put out that I played too. I, I mean, and I thought Monkey mm -hmm. Island was kind of over. And then uh, maybe a year ago, we, we kind of got surprised. Hey, there's a new Monkey Island coming by the mm -hmm. original designer and, 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 you know, team. And it is a love letter to the, f the first two games. It is nostalgic in just the right way where it hits you know you go back to those same locations you you kind of have to do some of the same stuff you did before but differently with the idea being that yeah well this is what i did last time so i just got to kind of do that again and of course you can't make the same thing happen twice so you have to find new ways to solve those old puzzles i mean it's it's uh, 
they, they've taken the the Monkey Island games as a whole and they've streamlined the interface. So now if you're playing at least on the Switch version, which is what I played on, um, you don't need those list of verbs. It, you don't need to have a, a type interface, which the Monkey Island games never did. But unlike other other uh, adventure games of this type, the point-and-click adventure types, they really streamline this down to move your cursor around the screen. Um, you have an inventory that you can, you know, pick an item out of your inventory and drag it on the screen and click it on something. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, sometimes it'll tell you what you might want to do instead. It'll say something like, that's a great idea, but if only I had, you know, some extra color on this thing or whatever, and it'll kind of tell you what to do. Uh, marvelous game. It has a built-in hint guide that is is uh, incremental. So if you're not sure what to do, it'll give you like a hint and then a closer hint. And then eventually it's just like, go here and do this thing, dummy. I kind of <laughs> told you what to do, which is great. Uh, I got through the whole game, uh, only needing to look at the hint guide once. And after I got the answer, I felt stupid that I had to look it up because it was right in front of me and I just didn't think of it. Uh, excellent game. If you like point and click adventures at all, it's definitely worth playing. And if you haven't liked them because you thought they were kind of too too difficult or the puzzles didn't make any sense. This really, this interface being so streamlined really helps out making this game. I think anyone could pick it up and play it without playing the previous uh, and not only enjoy the game for what it is without knowing the previous history, but if you've ever been stuck on those games, this is one you probably can get through without being completely made for children. It's It was great. Mm. I loved it. But it was good that I had something kind of lighthearted to, to play over the week because... The game we're about to talk about, Silent Hill 4, is definitely not a laugh riot uh, and definitely is, yeah. is a continuation of the Silent Hill series and weirdness, and we're going to get on it uh, right now. Well, hopefully, you know, along with that being a game that was a little lighter, um, you know, it kind of kind of was a little more humorous hopefully it had a story that made sense also that way you played at least one game this month that did um but even with that uh hell yeah this is the closest thing to like a tradition we have on here isn't it covering these silent hill games every every halloween now four years in a row holy shit and if we keep going oof we're treading the shit if we do this again next year uh which we probably are but yeah silent hill four you know, I played the hell out of all the other ones. So when four came around, it was it was a foregone conclusion, oh, if boy. you will. If you will, that's scary enough, right there, isn't it? That I was going to pick this up, and yeah, I, this was a the first first day I saw it in his stores. Picked it up, um, proceeded to play through it over a weekend. Had uh, conflicting feelings, and I, and I found after subsequent playthroughs, those feelings. Kind of, kind of changed. Some things I didn't like the first time, I appreciated the next time. Some things I thought I liked, I didn't. Uh, this is definitely the first Silent Hill game, and we'll talk about it as we go along. Because the first one that wasn't an instant, uh, just an instant slam dunk with me. Well, you weren't alone. Uh, we, we've covered, like I mentioned, the first three Silent Hills. Uh, just as a recap, Silent Hill 1 came out in 1999 for the Sony PlayStation. Uh, Silent Hill 2 came out for the PlayStation 2 in 2001, and Silent Hill 3 mm-hmm. came out for the PlayStation 2 in 2003. All of those games, I mean, the original Silent Hill is a little rough because it's the first in the series, and it's still early yeah. for for horror games to really be a thing, but still, it it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. The second game I thought was, of the three we've played so far, so we haven't mentioned this game yet because I'm talking about before this episode, mm-hmm. I would say if, if I met somebody who had never played a Silent Hill, I'd say, oh, play Silent Hill 2. 
It's the best oh, of the yeah. series to play for what I've played so far. It's It does everything right that the first one did. Uh, it kind of lightens up on the combat a little bit, but the story actually has a much, like, more direct and, like, like a heartfelt story. Like, it's hard to say that with a horror game, but it's got a good story that really gets you. Where the first game, it was a fine story, but, you know, I'd say it's on par with Resident Evil for a story in the first one. Where mm-hmm. the second one really has, like, some actual, you know, emotion involved. So you're like, oh, man, this story, not only is, yeah. is it playing Silent Hill, but I, I feel, like, invested in this story. And so I really mm-hmm. wanted to see how the second one ended. Loved it. Yeah. And, and, the good, and I always enjoy Silent Hill when it's not necessarily dealing with the whole the whole greater cult thing that that entire aspect of it you know too like you were saying it's much more personal story it, it's basically one man's journey through through this uh, this fucking horrific town uh so yeah two is probably always going to be just the heavy hitter of the series uh we could play through all the silent hills and i i, I pretty safe to say even though you're going to play some more you enjoy Nothing is quite going to touch that, um, you know, and, and that's part of the reason why. It's because it's a very personal story. It doesn't deal with a lot of the greater, uh, you know, the, the backstory of the town and cult and bringing the gods back to life and whatnot. Uh, you know, from one and three, which are, are, are pretty solidly connected together, uh, which is you know, kind of something. Speaking of of games that are disconnected from i guess that main story of one and three it seems with every even even number title uh they kind of go on a whole uh personal kind of disconnected journey with the silent hill games because that's that's sort of what we get this time well it is it's a little disconnected i don't think it's as disconnected as two no, um no. but but it definitely aside from that it's not based entirely in silent hill like the first three games um mm-hmm. it's also not entirely third person so the first Three Silent Hill games, you're always behind your character, you know, mm-hmm. walking around like you would in, a, in Resident Evil with, with better controls. Uh, Silent Hill 4 has a split. Some of the levels are like that. Some of the areas mm-hmm. are like that. But the game starts with, and you revisit, this first-person exploration mode, almost like what you'd see in a game like Myst or something, um, mm-hmm. where you're you're slowly walking around uh, what your apartment is. because uh, Because in this game, you are Henry Townsend, uh, you live in room 302 of the South Ashfield Heights in Ashfield City, which is near, it's, sort of near, Silent Hill. It's in the same universe. It, it it goes through it goes through the trouble of telling you it's a medium-sized city. Right, it's a medium-sized city. It's not large, but it's not small, and and you can actually see that because you start the game in your bedroom. Uh, most mm-hmm. of the time. And if you look out the window, you get a good view of the city. You can see an apartment building next door. You can see like a subway station. It looks like a, a fairly good sized city, a medium sized city. So that's fully accurate. Medium. Mm-hmm. Um, so five days before this game begins, uh, Henry, who's your character, starts having these recurring nightmares every night. And eventually, after five days, he tries to leave the apartment. He can't. His front door has been chained closed from the inside. With a bunch of locks, he has no keys. He doesn't know why, uh, and he, and he's not able to leave the apartment. Plus, he keeps having these weird dreams. In fact, the game starts with kind of this dream world in his apartment, where it's the same layout of his apartment that you're going to be wandering through for most of this game, but instead, you know, there's blood everywhere and there's damage on the walls, and it looks like there's been a mm. fire or something a while ago. Like it's it's the hell world version of his own apartment. You go through that kind of introduction. You see a zombie thing kind of fall out of the wall, and then you wake up in your room in the normal world where you kind of realize, okay, here's 
here's what I get to do and look around in first person. You get to find, you know, if you see a piece of paper on the ground, you can look at it. It'll tell you what the note says or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's a very standard adventure feel for this part of the game. And, you know, up until now, I wasn't quite sure what I thought of it. The first, and not up until right now, but, you know, when I started playing it, I wasn't quite sure if I'd like that first person view for a Silent Hill game. Like, I love adventure Mm -hmm. games, so in some ways Mm -hmm. I was excited. But how do you capture that feel? Even when I went to the Hell World kind of in the in the first person view at the beginning, I was still kind of like, I don't know, this isn't going to have the sense mm-hmm. of danger that you have in a silent Hill because it's a point and click adventure. So unless there's like time constraints, you can just wander around and look at everything. Yeah. Well, they, they, they figure out ways and we'll talk about it as the game moves along uh, making those first person uh, instances uh, very tense, very, very tense. Perhaps the uh, the most uh, you know tense parts of the probably the parts of the game that get the most anxiety out of me as you play as you play through. Uh, you know, your apartment is a is a safe haven um, early on in the game. It's where you go to to save. It's where you go to handle your inventory. It's where you go to just being there. You you heal up. Um, but you know that we'll talk about it. That changes, and once it does, it is very jarring. But yeah, it's 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 interesting. This guy's handling it well, though. I think, you know, the whole mystery chains on his door. Haven't been able to get out for five days. He's he's holding up pretty decent. Oh, yeah, that doesn't sound so bad to me. But I, I will go ahead and say from the start, this is not a um, it's 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 not a very memorable character you play as. No, you know, I I I, I think you know Heather from three was was a great character. James from two, I. Harry from one, all were, were really good characters and you got a good kind of at least slight backstory about them. You knew what they were there for. You kind of had a grasp of their, their personality. Uh, they, they were, you know, decently fleshed out. Um, you know, maybe, maybe James a little more, um, because that, that, you know, that particular game, uh, dealt with him psychologically a good deal. Uh, but this ah, man, you could have dropped anybody in. For this character, he he is very much lacking in the personality department. I don't know if it's because of the first person they're trying to trying to maybe put you more into the game, make you feel like you're you're more of a part of it by playing this kind of nondescript character. But nondescript is the word for this guy, top to bottom. Yeah, he's he's very plain. I think that it was the goal was to kind of have the everyman hero that you mm. would identify with. You know, don't give him this massive backstory necessarily, because because really the game isn't digging into your backstory or even digging to, mm-hmm. into the backstory of, of really Silent Hill like some of the previous games did. This is all about this man trying to escape his apartment, but mm-hmm. in doing so, you're unraveling this mystery of the apartment itself and more importantly yeah. of a, a previous uh, mass murderer from years ago who mm-hmm. seems to be, re- you know, have, have returned to finish his spree. Um, mm-hmm. But but before we get to the killer and any of that stuff, I want to just talk about this apartment because at first... I was really thrown off by how small this really is. You you have a bedroom that you wake up in at, at mm-hmm. you know once you kind of come back to your house every time you wake up in your bedroom. You have that bedroom just go it's it's got a closet that doesn't serve any real purpose that I could tell. You've got a window you can look out of, you got some doodads you can just look at for the purpose of saying you have stuff in your room so you're not a crazy person living in a, in a, in a room with just a mattress in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes out to a hallway that leads to a combo living room uh, kitchen area. It has a bathroom, which is very important. We'll get back to the bathroom in a second. And it has like a storage closet that at first seems like it really serves no purpose, except that it gives your apartment kind of some realism and that you have this 
this kind of closet with a washer and dryer in it. Mm-hmm. And then the main door that you can't open. And that's it. Like there's, there's really three rooms you're going to talk about for the first part of the game, which is your bedroom. Cause you wake up there. Um, and, and occasionally you do some things in there, but generally it's just there to wake up and kind of be your safe spot. Um, you have the bathroom that's going to kind of be your portal to other places, which we'll get to in a mm-hmm. second. And then your living room, which is where, as you mentioned, your inventory is, your save item is, you can look out the window, you can look at this like, radio that you can click on that sometimes gives you uh, updates on what's going on in the world, uh, a television that doesn't work. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's just this tiny apartment. And for the first part of the game, you're just in this apartment, exploring everything until eventually... Mm-hmm. You kind of get the, uh, you get a note passed under the door, like that's kind of your contact with the outside world is people will slide mm-hmm. notes under your door. But it's not like it's just a note. These are like someone's putting pages of a diary of, of a, at first you don't mm-hmm. know who it's from, but you get pages of this diary that are kind of explaining what's happened in this apartment or to this other person in the past. Eventually, yeah. you, you, you go into your bathroom and there's now this big like subway or sewer-sized hole in the side of your wall. It's not so big you think you'd walk through it, but I guess you could crawl through it. And, of course, your character's like, should I crawl in this hole? And if not, your game will never go anywhere and you'll stay in his apartment forever. You'll be trapped. But if you do decide to go in the hole, which is what the game wants you to do, it switches to a more traditional third-person Silent Hill-style mm-hmm. view. And you're in um, in this subway area that apparently is, you know, like the Hell World version of the subway near your house, the Ashfield yeah. subway stop. Uh, that, that you could see out of your window, for example. Well, I mean, uh, you, first of all, you're talking about the apartment, the size of it. Hey, man, that's medium city living. What well, is? It that, is medium probably, city living. You know, he's you know he's paying out the ass for that place too, <laughs> which is probably he's going at least he's going at least two thousand a month for that little place. I mean, you forgot you know the, you forgot one of the one of the other features they probably advertise, which is a you know peephole into your neighbor's bedroom. Oh, well, you, you find that, was, that after the first little bit of the game, but yes, you yeah, push a dresser out of the way and there's a peephole in your neighbor's living room or bedroom. Yeah, so you can just see if your yeah. neighbor's okay by checking on her in her bedroom. It's a little weird, yeah. but it makes sense with the story later on that you would be paying attention to your neighbor. But yes, uh, that, that is there. But, but at the very beginning, the hole that you need to pay attention to is not the hole in your neighbor's apartment, neighbor's bedroom, but the mm-hmm. hole in your bathroom that warps yeah. you to these other areas. So you start in the subway world and then it becomes a very traditional Silent Hill style um, adventure in that you're, you know, walking through these hallways and there's doors and you have an auto map that shows up and you can, you know, you, you have to find items, use them in certain places. At mm. least, I'd say even by the end of the game, but at the very beginning of the game, especially for the first few areas, I think the puzzles in this game are extremely simple compared to the previous three Silent Hills. That is, I, I think they are. Just, I think beginning to end, um, the puzzles stay simple in terms of you know silent hill game you know silent hill has never had overly complex things you're gonna you know just just stay up all night thinking on but they do have things that'll stump you for a good minute i I don't think you encounter anything like that here but yeah once you go in the bathroom uh you go through that hole in the wall you are transported and that's when it kicks off that's when if you were worried (laughs) when you first put this in uh, that you're going to have an all first person Silent Hill game, which I mean, you know, I guess people want that because of that PT thing that came out a while back. But but back then I didn't want that. I wanted some third person. I wanted damn my usual, and you get it. But you, there is an addition to the game, and, and I don't know if I like it or not because I find that it really takes away and it's something so small but it takes away from your your ability to just kind of 
emerge yourself into this game, into this world. Uh, for, for your melee now, you have a little power bar. Yes. You got a little power bar there. Measure your swing. But it's just, I, I don't know if I like Silent Hill when I'm playing it for it to look video gamey when I'm, when I'm playing it. You know, I don't want, I, you know, it's just as ruinous as if you hit an enemy with a pipe and, and the, the amount of damage you did popped up over their head. It, it, it reminds you you're playing a video game in a game that you try to get, you know, absorbed into. So that was that. And you can cut it off in some instances, but you can't fully cut it off. Like during combat, it's going to be there. That little power bar, which it's it's useful, you know, because fucking you feel like a champ if you hit that full power swing. But at the same time, it's just it was a little gripe. It, it's a gripe that's kind of stayed with me. I thought it was really cool the first time I played through. Uh, but then it's like, mm, it just it, it eats away at me a little bit more each time I play. I, I just I, I, I like a nice uh, I, I don't like a lot of a lot of HUD up there when I'm playing my silent. Yeah, I didn't think about that. And I don't think it's necessarily bad. It, it didn't bother me because it is a very tiny little. It is. A, it, it's, edition, a, it's, but... a, it's a nitpick on my part. Well, but but I, I do agree. You know, you said it's useful. It is definitely useful. If you fully charge up, mm-hmm. for example, you start with a pipe pretty early, um, but mm-hmm. you also get a bat. You get other hand-to-hand items. When you have that full swing, not only is it more powerful, it's a bigger swing. You can yeah. swing through enemies if you're like two or three guys in front of you or bats or whatever it is you're trying to hit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you'll swing right through them pretty well with that strong, strong attack. And when you're holding that strong attack, you can still walk forward. So you can kind of walk forward, yeah. fully yeah. charged, ready to swing that, that weapon in front of people. Um, which is, I, I didn't mind that as a, as a mechanic, but you're right. I guess having the more little things you add on the screen to kind of take you mm. out of the experience is, is a negative in a game like Silent Hill, but it, it didn't compared to other things that are, that are happening or in the game, that little piece didn't bother me. I thought mm. you were going to complain about, uh, you know, early on in this game, you run into kind of the standard Silent Hill things. There's, there's evil looking dogs that, or whatever they're supposed to be, they look like evil dogs to me. Um, you can, you know, and there's zombies and there's there's other more fantastical creatures later. But even in the first area, you run into maybe the most. I, I, you kind of warned me about these ahead of time. The ghosts in this game are uh, irritating. And I think right. they almost, they almost break the game uh, in they that. Fuck this game up. It, I, and I don't know if it was, at first I thought it was just me because i'm playing this on uh, you know it was really this original was on uh the xbox and and ps2 but i had this on i had to buy this on good old games this is a very expensive game to find uh on a natural version and you can't buy it online anymore through the xbox um live it, you know it, it doesn't work on the 360 i believe but it also Ex- excellent port excellent port on good old games well and, can't and say enough good things about it yeah it's worked wonderfully i cannot complain but at first i thought it was because i'm playing this port the ghosts move mm-hmm. so first off when you come into the subway it's like you go down a set of steps and you hear like it's not quite moaning it's this kind of weird half moan half yell and then these yeah. these ghosts float around the room at you they go much faster than you think they should you can hit them a bunch and they'll fall to the ground but then even if you step on their heads or whatever it is that normally would stop a zombie in these games or or whatever they're supposed to be uh they don't they eventually get up and come after you again and there's Mm -hmm. only really one thing you can do to stop these ghost characters which is you can find an item later in the game that specifically is designed to like pin them to the ground but there's a limited number of those items Mm-hmm. And sometimes you'll want to, you'll need it later on. You yeah. got to remove it from the other ghost and then he's back up. I'm going to talk about ghosts for a minute and I'll get it out of the way because this is my A number one gripe with this game. 
and it maybe it's the way I play. I, I, I understand the ghosts are probably there to ratchet up the tension. I mean, it's a, an indestructible enemy um, that you can slow down, uh, but you can't, you know, completely with the, you know, except for the sword, you can't stop, um, and you can't kill. Uh, you, you still you'll pin them down with that sword. They'll they're still down there fucking thrashing and moaning. Uh, I guess it's there to ratchet up the tension because they will follow you. They'll follow your ass throughout that whole level. And I say level because Silent Hill, this Silent Hill may as well have levels. There may as well be a stage one that pops up. Stage two. Uh, I, I I think it, it definitely plays out in a level format this time. But these ghosts, when I play Silent Hill, I like to explore. I like to walk every inch of the map. I like to look around. I like to look at every bit of graffiti on the wall. Uh, try to pick up every you know bit of ammo, every health item, everything I can. I love just Silent Hill too. I will go into every shop that you can go into and just look at everything. It's not a game I usually run through unless I'm just you know sitting there and it's like, all right, let's get this game done. Let's play through. <sighs> you don't have the option here. I, it, it completely takes away your ability to just walk through this game and look and enjoy the scenery. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's another, like, with the first three games, it's an awesome-looking game. Uh, it's maybe the best Silent Hill, uh, Silent Hill game has looked so far. Um, you wouldn't know it, though, because you're too busy fucking running from these ghosts. Uh, I, just, I, I, it's, I can understand why they're there. They just don't, they don't strike me as anything Silent Hill-ish. As far as enemies go, uh, you have kind of your monstrosities throughout Silent Hill games, but you, you don't have fucking apparitions coming at you. So it's a little strange. Uh, it, it's a little just out of nowhere. And it definitely, it, 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 I think it comes really close. If there were more of them, um, it would really just ruin the experience because I just, I find myself having to run through parts of levels that I can only look at as a blur by and say, oh, that probably would have been pretty cool to go look at. Well, and there's some areas that have multiples of them. There's some that there's only mm-hmm. one and there's sometimes where it's like, you'll change screens and they don't follow you. Other times they do. It, it, yeah. it seems unbalanced compared to a lot of other things uh, in this game. I, I was able to get past it because what I learned in playing the Silent Hill series over the last three Halloween's here is that Silent Hill is not a game where you're supposed to technically kill everything. You could, I guess, but you're not supposed to. You're supposed to run from a lot of stuff. Um, So I treated the ghosts in the same way where it's like as soon as I saw one, it was run. Don't try to kill them. Don't waste your time. Mm. Um, Most of the time when there are ghosts there, either there's not an item you need and it's just flavor Mm -hmm. that you can Mm -hmm. look at, or there's one specific thing you need and the idea is to like run far enough from the ghost or knock it down once and get the item you need that's very clearly like highlighted or something. It make, makes it so it's it's a little easier to tell when you need to do that. But it definitely, um, in this first subway section, uh, part of it, you're going through these old subway cars and there's a ghost that kind of wanders through the subway cars and it made it very difficult, especially because, and, and we're going to get into this definitely more later, but in the subway world, one of the things I dislike in video games occurs, which is you have a an escort quest, essentially. So in this yeah. subway world, you find a woman uh, named Cynthia, who's you know stuck in this in this evil world yeah, that you're stuck yeah. in, and she wants you to help her escape, and so you have to guide her around through here. Um, uh, we forgot to mention 
once you're in one of these areas, and we're going to talk about the other areas too, once you're in one of these other areas, we'll just talk about the subway for right now, you'll find these other holes that look like the hole you came in on. They're all mm-hmm. over the place. There's probably four or five in each of these other areas you can find. Um, and if you go into those holes, you'll wake up back in your apartment where you can save, mm-hmm. you can use your inventory, you can sometimes get more notes and such. There will be more things to find in your apartment that explain more of the story. Uh, but then when you go back into the hole in your bathroom, you come out of whatever the last hole you entered was. Mm-hmm. So the if you're escorting this person in the subway world, the Cynthia person, and you go to the hole, when you come out the first time, she's like, where did you go? I didn't even see you. You just vanished. Um, you know, come find, help me get out of this, this subway. So when you finally find her again, you have to escort her through these areas where the subway cars are. I hate escort quests in yeah. most games. Yeah. Uh, in this game... This first part wasn't unbearable, but you did have to do things like if you have a ghost that's following you and you're trying to either have to knock the ghost Mm -hmm. down so they can get by or just kind of run to the exit and try to hold off the ghost till Cynthia gets close enough to you that when you go into the next room, she'll be there. Otherwise, she won't be there. It was irritating, but it's a short enough section that I didn't mind it too much once I figured out Mm -hmm. how this works. Is this the first game where you escort an escort? Yeah, well, I guess that uh, probably. I'm sure one of the Grand Theft Autos did it later, but because uh, I beginning... think I, she might be a she might be a working gal. Yeah, it's but, a, little, um, a little nebulous on what her purpose is, but you, you, at this yeah. point, she's another human being trying to escape, <laughs> trying to escape this well, other dimension. So, let me tell you, this game is just training you up for escort missions uh, because there later on in the game you got a whole lot of fucking escorting to do. Yeah, and, and it's it's. Uh, it's another thing. I, I there's nothing I hate more than an escort mission. Also, uh, this and this was the time you can tell you could tell what year it was. This was the time where that was the thing to tack in, and I just I felt like it never went well, and it it still doesn't here. And you got to be careful later on in the game because they they can take damage, uh, they can die, and it it he- obviously heavily determines your ending at that point. So if you you know, are playing through and you're shooting for a certain ending, you're you're going to be pretty fucking nervous going through there. And, and we'll get definitely into that. But for this first mm-hmm. escort, mm-hmm. it was more annoying than anything else. And no matter what you do, at the end of the subway area, once you've kind of gotten to where the end was, you watch a scene where she is, she is, mm-hmm. she's dead. And yeah. Yeah. This this is a thing that's going to happen in each of these worlds you go into. You'll find a person. You'll have to help them figure some things out. They'll help you solve some puzzles in some cases. But ultimately, the end of that world is they die in some horrific mm-hmm. way. And you'll notice there are five-digit numbers that are carved on their bodies. You don't notice it. It tells you explicitly. Like, oh, this one, you know, this person dies and it says one, two, one, two, one. Mm-hmm. And the next person dies and it'll say one, three, one, two, one. And at first, you're trying to figure out what this means. Like, obviously, these things tie together. All the deaths happen in this hell world, and then in the real world, this person is found in whatever area it was. So when you, when Cynthia dies, and you get back to the real world after finding the item you came there to get, which is like this piece of, I guess it's like a plaque that has a, a specific yeah, character or yeah. something on it. Um, you get that, and then you get to warp back to your bedroom. Um after she dies, you wake up and on the news, it's talking about how, you know, you look out the window, you can see there's an ambulance at the entrance to the subway near your house. They said that a woman was found dead there with these numbers carved into her, which is like this set of murders that happened 10 years ago. Why would this be happening again? It's a copycat murderer. And then all the notes and things you've got around your house, plus all the things you found in the subway world, kind of start pointing to, 
oh, wow, there's a lot more here than just th- this mm-hmm. one area. You know, my house is haunted or whatever you think's going on. This is tied to some mass murder. You're trying to figure it all out. Uh, after you finish the subway world and go back to your house, find some more notes, when you go back into the hole in your bathroom, which is now a slightly different looking hole, and he makes a point of telling you, hey, this looks different than before. It's bigger or whatever. You end up in mm-hmm. the next area, which is a forest covered area on the outskirts of Silent Hill. It's not technically in Silent Hill, but it's right outside Silent Hill uh, that has an orphanage in it. Uh, the safe home, I think is what it's called. And mm-hmm. that somehow is all, you know, this also ties to, you'll find more notes that talk about safe home in your house and how there was a, a little boy sent to safe house. And all this other stuff. So now you start piecing together like, okay, all these things have to deal with you know, these notes in my house, the fact that this woman died earlier and has these numbers on her, that you meet a person in Forest World that seems to be a little out there and, and mm-hmm. you know, in the story involved there, they end up being dead as you find the last item you need to to go into the next world. And this this continues through, and, and we could talk about all the worlds, but they're all kind of very similar Silent Hill-style worlds once you they get are. into buildings. There's no open world here. It's all... I mean, I mean, even the outdoor section where you can go into the building, it's called Building World. That's the fourth section. So mm. let me, Subway World's where you, where you kind of the first area, it's an underground subway with a lot of escalators and and subway cars you have to walk through. Forest World is pretty much a giant, uh, like a giant forest area with this uh, orphanage in the middle. Other than that, it's mm. a lot of gates and paths you have to follow through with some kind of like weird sewer area. Uh, that would be how you get in and out of there to start. Water prison world, and I'm not quite sure what that's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a jail, kind of, I think, but I don't know. It's called water prison world. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it's it's the one that it, makes it, the least sense to why it's there, in my opinion. Maybe I'm missing some story piece that links it, but it, it well, feels like it's Well, especially since it's 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 supposed to be in Silent Hill proper at this point. This this <laughs> this water prison. Um yeah, it's it's weird. Um I mean, it just reminds me of like fucking old side-scrolling games, you know, where you go to heavily themed levels every time. Might as well be like Mega Man, and it, it just it's it's strange for Silent Hill games. Uh, you know, like the Forest World, I I think at least looks neat. I think it they do a good job with that one. That there's constantly noise, there's constantly sound. It, it does kind of put across a, the sense that you know something could jump at you at any any moment i think the game does a good job with these levels of kind of ratcheting up the tension and the the levels they they range from decently neat to look at until you enter a building and you know then it's 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 kind of more of the same um if you've played through the silent three silent hill games now i don't think the buildings the insides have as much kind of personality uh, say, you know, like the, the apartment building from Silent Hill 2 or you know, the hospital, the school, settings like that. Um, I, I just don't think they're able to recapture that in this one as well. Um, things just kind of kind of feel a little bland. Like there are some areas that are really nice to look at. Like the subway was neat to run through. And the forest was, was pretty interesting traverse. There's places here and there that I really, you know, liked exploring a little bit as much as you can uh, this is definitely you've, you've kind of said the most linear silent hill game so far it's extraordinarily linear uh and it, it doesn't ruin the experience it's just if you were coming in hot and heavy off the first three um it's going to give you a little pause it's going to take a minute to kind of get used to it and there's certain things as i'm playing through i i like i like the fact that there's like a little hub little hub world you go to to kind of regroup. Um, I, 
I kind of I don't like the fact that that's where you have to deal with your inventory because that's a whole trip back because they stack your ammo in the worst fucking way in this oh, game. Oh, that's awful. Ten at a time. Ten bullets at a time, and it doesn't stack up. You pick up another ten, you don't get one stack of twenty. You got two stacks of ten. Uh, and if you want to hoard ammo, uh, which it's the natural tendency to do <laughs> in these games where you're constantly worried about running out, of course you're going to pick everything up. And that's that's a fucking that's a trip back to the apartment. That's a load screen. That's another load screen. It gets a little tedious having to go back to this one area for your inventory. I mean, I didn't like it that much in Resident Evil, also with the save rooms there, um, where you had to the inventory part of it. I like the fact that there's a little safe area you could be in. But I just you know I, I like being able to manage your inventory on the fly. I wish the inventory would have been a little bigger um, if they were going to split the ammo up like this. Uh, but all of these are just little gripes as I'm playing through. I'm still, I don't know if it's because I'm just just in so deep with these Silent Hill games. I, I'm still enjoying myself. I'm not, you know, having a thrill ride like I do with, with two or three. I'm having more of a time like I do with one where I'm enjoying it. You know, it's it's a little rough around the edges with some things it's trying to do. But I'm I'm just, you know, with one, I was appreciating just that it was, was putting itself out there as, you know, survival horror of this type. With this one, I'm appreciating what they're trying to do. Um, some of it works. Some of it doesn't. Some of it halfway works. Uh, when it hits, it hits. Um, but uh, yeah, playing through these levels, there, there's really not a lot to say. <laughs> Going level by level, I don't think we can get extraordinarily descriptive like you were saying. Um, you get little bits. And another thing, I you find out a lot of the story um, through like little slips of paper that are kind of slid under your door, like little diary entries, things like that. You don't find a lot of it by exploring and like finding clues, finding things here and there. A lot of it's just kind of kind of given to you in between. I'm going to still call them levels in between levels. It, um, it's levels. I mean, this is really yeah, it's, it's level. It's, yeah, it, it basically is. And so the story is kind of the way the story is given to you is even a little bit different. Not that you're going to make any sense out of it. Um, this is a hard story to wrap your head around. At least it is for me. And I usually can buckle up and go along with whatever ride these Silent Hill games want to take me on. This one, I just, I don't fully grasp everything. Um, but yeah, but it is, it's, one thing I thought was interesting was that this is uh, maybe the only Silent Hill game so far where the person you're playing as uh, just kind of got screwed into screwed into being in this situation. Uh, this guy, it's purely based on his choice of, of dwellings. Uh, you know, he didn't go there to because he crashed to find his daughter. He didn't go there because he got a letter from his dead wife. Um, you know, didn't go back there for revenge or to get answers. Uh, this was somebody just kind of thrust into it, which I've, I've always appreciated that part of it. Uh, but yeah, this, the, the gameplay itself, they've tightened up some things. I think the movement's a little better. The combat, I think, is a little bit better. And I'm enjoying some of the variety. Enemies, I'm, especially the enemies that kind of pop out of the walls, I'm liking those decently. Um, there's some bugs that can go to hell. Oh yeah, um, bugs are the worst. The ghosts, the ghosts can go right there with them. Uh, but yeah, it's just they're playing through this is enjoying pretty much everything from the previous Silent Hill games, but not feeling like you're getting quite enough of it. And whether or not you enjoy the new stuff or not, that's that's very subjective. Well, the, 
I miss the open world. Uh, you know, in the first Silent oh, Hill yeah. specifically, yeah. I loved exploring that city and trying to figure out, mm-hmm. you know, oh, there's a big rift in the ground. How do I get to the other mm-hmm. side of it? Well, um, and, you know, all, all... And even then, even then, it was never the biggest map in the world. It no. wasn't much. It was, it was a few cross streets, and you fucking loved it. It felt like, you know, you had to lay of the land. It was so enjoyable to, to, to travel that town. This, this feels like each of the levels, and we're going to call them levels. So Subway, Subway mm-hmm. Forest, the Water Prison. Um, it's One's called Building World. It's basically like the area right outside of your apartment. And then the mm-hmm. apartment itself, it's a three-floor building. And then a hospital section that's not nearly as good as the previous uh, mm-hmm. hospitals in the Silent Hill games. But is not mm-hmm. terrible. But still, all of them feel more like when you're inside a building in the previous Silent Hills. They are, you know, it's all hallways and doors that lead to other rooms, and then you have to find keys to get in other rooms or items that will unlock the door if it's not a key. I mean, it's it's just finding items you need to get to the next section um, without any of the more involved puzzles that I would have expected based on the previous three. Mm-hmm. Again, Silent Hill is mm-hmm. not like the most mind-blowing puzzles ever, but it had some in each game. Like, remember, was it the yeah. first game or the second game we talked about? There's there's like a Zodiac puzzle, and I was like, oh, man, I spent all this time yeah. researching Zodiac symbols. You didn't yeah. need any of it. It was much simpler than that. But, you know, mm-hmm. there was nothing like that here. The puzzles are very much uh, get an item. You know, it, it, there's a big giant circle in the door. Hey, I found a big giant circle medallion. I wonder if that's what I'm supposed to do. Like, it's all very, very straightforward. Um, but each of the levels does feel different. So, you know, mm-hmm. the subway and the forest and the water prison world, even water prison world feels more like a traditional puzzle area, except that the area itself, again, I'm not quite sure what it's supposed to be. Uh, yeah. And then, then building world and apartment world definitely feel more like the original two silent hills and, and walking around, you know, right around your neighborhood, not really exploring mm-hmm. further, but that little narrow area in the hospital world is a tiny piece of, of what the previous hospitals were. Yeah. Um, they're, they're much more. It's much more this game in general I found was was a lot less about puzzles and and thoughtful ways to get through areas as much as a lot of them were much like the ghosts trying to run or last long enough to get through a gauntlet almost to find mm-hmm. the next objective. And I didn't think that happened as no. much in the earlier Silent Hills. No, the, the early Silent Hills, uh, it just it wasn't the point. It was slow, it was plodding. Um, you know, maybe not everyone enjoys that pace. I thought it did. I thought it was pretty damn good for the first three games we played. Um, this one gets to the point of being, I want to say it dips into being a little more actiony, uh, just a little bit, not, not too much. We will go with homecoming Silent Hill homecoming. I think, I think is when you, you, you really go hard into action. Uh, you know, kind of how the resident evil games turned with, with, you know, four and five, especially five. Yeah, five really um, is where it became an action. Not game. quite. <laughs> Silent Hill never got that quite that severe, but I think this was just this was a small little turn um, because there there is there's a opportunity for a lot of combat in this game, and yeah, it's like you said, it's it's basically running, uh, surviving these levels. Uh, there there's not as much exploration. There's not puzzle solving. Uh, they've kind of replaced that with just running. And, and swinging that pipe, which I still recommend. It's, it's probably the best way to go. Just like Silent Hill 2, 3, you got to go all melee. Save the guns for the bosses. I just swing that fucking shit. Speaking but, of um, bosses, there's mm-hmm. not really, until close to the end, there's not really bosses in this game. No, no. Um, there, there are, in fact, sections where you'll find a really strong enemy. In the forest world, for mm-hmm. example, you find what looks like a ghost that's on fire. And he mm-hmm. will slowly follow you around, but you... You can't kill him. 
You can shoot yeah. him over and over again. I mean, you can you can use that same thing to pin him to the ground. Mm-hmm. But I thought I was a boss. And then there was another like another couple characters uh, in a hallway where I was like, oh, this is gonna be mm-hmm. the boss because it's a huge thing. Can't kill that either. It just keeps coming yeah. back, and you just have to run through the hallway and get to mm-hmm. the door. I felt like up until the game was, you know, in fact, at one point there's, uh, a, you mentioned guys that are like kind of growing out of the wall. You get to a section where there's yeah. a bunch of them. And like you try to exit the way you've been running through every room, and it's like once you kill the true one, the, you could open the door. You're like, oh, finally, yeah. I have to kill something. I can't yeah. run away from it, or 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 you know, I don't have to run away from it. I can actually kill something, and I mm-hmm. should be killing something. But at that point, you're kind of put off by that because you haven't had to. Um, so as I mentioned, kind of to, to summarize the first, the game I think kind of breaks into two halves. The first half of the game was going through all these six worlds and going mm-hmm. back to your apartment finding the key item you need to move the story along or whatever. And then, you know, finding a new area and exploring that and, and doing all the little, you know, find puzzles to find the item you need again, which are all these, like these little plaques and get back to your apartment. Well, the story that slowly unfolds and we're going to more or less give it away. There's no reason to say it's a spoiler. If you're, if you're playing Silent Hill 4, you're not really going to care about the story anyway, because it's going to just tell it to you uh, by the end of the story, the end, end of the game. They're kind of just, Someone literally is just giving you exposition to explain what's going on uh, because it, it doesn't explain it very well through gameplay. Just these no. notes or someone telling you, oh, this must have happened here. And you're like, ah, sure. Um, th- this story ties to Silent Hill in that in the apartment you live in years and years ago, this couple had a baby and basically abandoned their baby in this apartment and left. And the baby was then taken to uh, child services or whatever, and then they sent it to this uh, this orphanage that's in the middle of the forest area on the outskirts of Silent Hill. But it turns out that the uh, the orphanage is run by the cult from Silent Hill one and three, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so they've got all this these you know pseudo religious beliefs in in bringing back demons or bringing <laughs> bringing in other powers that turn out to be demons or whatever. Uh, and as a result, uh, this little boy who you know, starts out as a normal little boy. He's nothing special other than that he was left here. Gets all these crazy religious teachings. And meanwhile, he's found out where he came from. And so he continues to go back and visit this apartment that now has different people living in it that don't know who he is. But he continues to think if he goes back, he'll find his parents again. Uh, and eventually he does it often enough that the people in this apartment building that you now live in uh, just were mean to him. Uh, one of them, in fact, like beats the little boy at some point in the story. Uh, and... and as a result now, as he's become older and is is clearly somewhat more deranged, he believes that if he follows what's called the 21 sacraments, according to this book that the cult follows, if he can kill 21 people, and that's what these numbers on them mean. It's not one, two, one, two, one as a five-digit number. It's supposed to be, you know, one out of 21, two out of 21, 12 out of 21, 13 out of 21, so 13 mm-hmm. slash to one, So that's what those numbers end up meaning. It explains it to you pretty early on what these numbers are. Um, but if he can kill 21 people in, in, you know, through his means of killing them through these dreams or whatever, he'll be able to bring his mother back uh, in, in, into life. But, and this is where the game really kind of takes a turn, is that because he's insane and and due to his mistreatment as a child or whatever, he also believes that his mother is the apartment. So he yes. decides at some point, and this is really, again, if you want to play this game and don't want spoilers, I highly recommend just skipping ahead. I'll put in the notes when we get to not game discussion again. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. 
So as you're going through these areas, you'll first see this little boy. And you can clearly figure out early on this little boy has something to do with the story because he keeps showing up at these places you're going. Um, and you'll also see this man in like a trench coat. Kind of looks like The Undertaker. And he shows up uh, He shows up at first just like sitting outside of an apartment, uh, in the apartment world, sitting on the floor, on the steps. And you're kind of like, hey, what's going on? And he hands you this doll or whatever and walks off. And then he starts showing up later and tries to attack you. And so the story is that essentially that man, the tall man, I'm just going to call him the Undertaker man, uh, is mm-hmm. this mass murderer who years ago killed 12 people and then and then killed himself. His name is Walter mm-hmm. Sullivan. The little boy... Which, which, interestingly enough, during my favorite part of Silent Hill 2, the elevator trivia, they they, they give it, they do a little name drop. Oh, well, that's... Oh, I guess they do mention the murders in, in the previous mm-hmm. Silent Hill games. Um, so Walter Sullivan, that... that tall undertaker guy is Walter Sullivan. Mm-hmm. The child is also Walter Sullivan, but it's the child mm-hmm. version of Walter Sullivan. And his two different sides are the older Walter yeah. Sullivan is believes if he kills everybody that he's going to, you know, bring some power into the world, but the younger version of Walter that goes around believes that if if he can just get into his apartment, he'll be with his mother again because the apartment mm-hmm. is his mother. Or something similar. Uh, the point is, the game kind of takes a turn, and they do explain it all to you. But it's kind of like when you watch, uh, like Twin Peaks or something, where they explain stuff to you, and you're like, "What? What is going on?" Yeah. But yeah. but you don't uncover these things necessarily. The game kind of finds points to like you'll find a book, and then it's like 16 pages of exposition on what this killer did in the past. Uh, the story itself, I, I still was all about it. Still going through it. I'm not complaining. It's weird, but it's weird in a good Silent Hill way. I do like the ties yeah, yeah. back to the cult and everything else. What Up to the halfway mark of this game where you go through these worlds, you find the items, you learn about the killer, everything else, I was having a great time. I thought this could be maybe... I know a lot of people may, may not have liked the first-person section. I did. I liked everything about the game. I didn't necessarily miss the overworld part as much as I, I do now that I've played it and, and I'm thinking back on it, but at the time, I liked it. I was just flying through it. After you finish the hospital zone, you go back to your house, you look through the peephole at your neighbor, your neighbor's now missing because she was in the hospital. Let me go back. At the end of the apartment section, uh, your neighbor is Eileen, uh, and she is kind of the goal of the dark side apartment storyline is to get into her room where you see, for the first time, the little boy kind of stops the the man version of himself and says, hey, you can't, Mm. you know, no, you're not going to do that. And he saves her life, sort of. Uh, At that point, she's taken to a hospital, and then you go to the dark side version of the hospital to save her because the, you know, Walter's going to kill her there as well because she, on the back of, on on her body, when she doesn't die, you can see that she is 20 out of 21. So she's the next to last person that he Mm -hmm. needs to kill for his 21 sacraments. So you have to go save her in the hospital. But when you save her, you can't just bring her back to the real world. You try to pull her through the the, the the tunnels you take back and it doesn't work. So you've got to find some other way to save her and you've decided the only way to do that is you found some note that says like go deeper and deeper until you find the truth. So you literally find a staircase that goes down into like this misty nothingness and it eventually takes you back through all five areas you've already done. You'll go back in order so you go back through the subway area, the forest, the water prison, the building, the apartment world until you eventually get back to your own house. But mm-hmm. 
when you go back through all these areas again, now it's fully an escort of escorting Eileen through all these areas. Uh, and it's not just yeah. running from one point to the other. It's not like you revisit them and you're like, oh, I know where to go. It's all new puzzles. It's yeah. all new things you need to do in these areas. For example, oh, in the forest world now, you have to find a torch and light these, uh, light these torches off of these magical candles so that you can see down a well so you can get parts of a doll and then put all the parts of the doll back together to find your gate that takes you to the next area. Meanwhile... Once you've gotten to this point in the game, not only do you have uh, a bunch of more, you know, crazy put together creatures like these ape looking things with doll faces on them, mm -hmm. um, more killer dogs, more of the annoying bugs, but also Walter in his undertaker form will now follow you around in these areas, just shooting you. You can take him out. You can kill him more or less, but he doesn't die. He'll, he'll get up like the ghosts do, and there's no way to stop him. He will constantly come back over and over and over again. Uh, unlike the ghost, which you can pin down with that sword. And he just kind of, hunts you down while you're in these areas. And especially if you're escorting somebody, or in the case of the forest world specifically, you're not only you're escorting somebody, but you have to carry this torch, which means you can't have a weapon. And the torch has a very limited time before it blows out. So you have to kind of run through these areas, make sure that uh, Eileen is close enough to you to go to the next gate or else she's getting attacked on the other side. It is it is very frustrating. I don't, I don't hate it as much as I thought I would for being a long escort section, but it is significantly less fun than the first time going through these areas. Not only because you're revisiting maps you've already seen, but now you have this escort mm -hmm. part that isn't the worst escort part ever. You don't have to like have them hold your hand and they, she, you can give her items to defend herself, which is good and bad. Mm -hmm. It's bad because sometimes she'll stop and fight things. You're like, what are you doing? We're running. We're running now. Yeah. But it also means that there are other sections where it's great if you can give her a strong enough weapon. You can get a chain that does a lot of damage. You get like a nightstick that does a ton mm -hmm. of damage. If you can get her those on things that aren't the ghosts or um, or the Undertaker version of, of Walter, you can really like just knock down these guys and just kind of chain, yeah. let her hit, then you hit, then let her hit, then you hit, and you'll take guys down mm -hmm. pretty quickly. So she's not totally helpless. But as you kind of mentioned at the start of this, the ending you get in this game, is based entirely on if if Eileen makes it through this five or six stage gauntlet of escort, mm -hmm. she can die. And if you don't oh, yeah. go back and re you know reload an old save, it lets you keep going. You can go through the rest of the game and 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 get to the end, and she'll be there. And you know, you can tell based on the end. You know, uh, at that point, if you if you did not get her to make it to the end alive you're guaranteed to get one of the two bad endings. Even the yeah. good ending is kind of a bad ending, but there, there's, there's... Yeah. Yeah. It's also based on how many of the clues you found throughout the game. So if you went back mm -hmm. to your house constantly every time you found a, a portal that goes back to your house, even mm -hmm. though it kind of slows the game down, you go back to your house, you might find a new note on the floor. And you need to make sure you read that note and it gives you a clue as to what's going on. I think there's 52 of them total. If you can get all those clues and get Eileen to the end alive, you can get the best ending. Uh, which mm -hmm. the, the difference in the endings is pretty slim for the good the the, the Eileen yeah. living endings. Uh, one time she says we're going to leave this area, and the other time she says I guess we'll go back to the apartment now. And and you kind of see the apartment still dark and awful, and you don't want to be there. Mm. Uh, the two bad endings are truly bad. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they are kind of end of the world sort of endings, but uh, but for Silent Hill they make total sense. Now you mentioned going back um, to the apartment to get notes. I, I touched on this early on. You know, your your apartment that's been a safe haven, uh, I, I hinted at before, it becomes not so much. It gets downright fucking treacherous. Your your apartment gets haunted. Uh, it basically gets over, overtaken, and you have to deal with a bevy 
of of ghosts coming out of your wall, uh, fucking TVs turning on, all kinds of weird shit. And instead of healing, it drains your health to be around it. And you have these candles you have to light. These candles you have to place very specifically. Yes. And you can fuck and you can fuck up easy and not cover the area you think you're going to cover with a candle. Uh, but yeah, that that was uh, when I first played through that more than anything. more It did what I think they were trying to do with the ghost. It sent me into a panic. I was like, oh, shit. Now I've I don't I don't want to go through that hole and get my ass kicked. But I don't want to stay here and and you know slowly die also. Uh, and j- things in the apartment, they do a good job of getting a little more horrific as you go along. You can you can if you're brave enough and you do it at the right time, you 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 can look in that peephole in Eileen's room and you get you get what's close <laughs> closest uh, probably the biggest scare in the game. If anything's going to get a jump out of you, it's when you look through there. And uh, and and the old robot, the uh, excuse me, the old rabbit mascot, yes, from Silent Hill Three, uh, makes a triumphant return in 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 a very fitting fashion. Uh, so yeah, as as you go along, the the apartment itself almost becomes um, an enemy in, in a way, uh, unless you fucking lay those candles down. Uh, you're you're essentially not safe anywhere. So that adds to it. And the escort thing at the end, oh, the the it's not a boss rush, that that level rush. I think I I think I could have stood it a little better if it was just a new area. I I, I think then um it I the fatigue you feel going through those areas again, albeit you you're you have like you said, you do have different tasks to accomplish. But I think if it was just a new area altogether, um just something new to look at. I, I think it would have went a lot further than just, you know, just going through the greatest hits right there. Having to escort somebody at the same time. Yeah. I, I did think it went a little long there. Like I, I, again, I didn't get bored with this even no, by the no, no, end. No. I had a good time, but definitely there were sections when you're going back through again, doing the escort. I was like, please just get to the end of this. I'm sure I'm missing mm-hmm. things. I'm sure I'm missing some you know, health items that when you mentioned that your, your apartment becomes more damaging, you know, basically that whole second half when you're doing the escort, your apartment gets mm-hmm. more and more haunted. And yes, you have these yeah. candles that last for a short window of time that will help mm-hmm. your apartment be less haunted, but I don't think it ever gets good enough for it to start healing you again. I think it just stops no, hurting you. Yeah, I, I I think that's all you can aim for is that you can stay in there long enough to save and do your inventory business and explore briefly and then and then get out. It's not the uh, it's not quite the healing grounds. There are not a lot of healing place. items otherwise either. So in the early part no. of the game, you're kind of spoiled that your house heals you. When you mm-hmm. go back to your own apartment, you're like, oh good, well at least I can heal here and then I'll go back in or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and and you only find healing items not even in the first couple areas. You start finding them later, and you're like, okay, I'll save these because yeah. I'll clearly need them for a boss fight, which doesn't happen until basically the very end of the game. Mm-hmm. But it meant that for especially towards the end, there were sections where I'm in the red. My health is all down as, as almost as yeah. low as it can go. Um, those ghosts, in addition to just being awful and following you, if they just get close enough to you, you start taking damage. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you you do find an item, these amulets you can find, that will stop that. Uh, they'll stop ghosts from going so close to you that they will hurt you. But they break after an amount of time. So you can't just always wear it. It's not a permanent fix. And if you go around too many things, it could, like if there's a group of ghosts and they come on you while you're wearing the amulet, the amulet shakes so hard it explodes and it does not work anymore. So there are multiples of those amulets you can find that help you, but still it's not, 
it's not like it's a suit of armor. It's kind of just like it's a slight help, but it's not an immense yeah. help. So, you know, the, the ability, the, the fact that your safe room becomes not just a, a no longer a safe room, but now a damaging room and having those candles, which, by the way, I didn't know you needed to really save those for the end of the game. I thought the candles mm. were supposed to work like if you're in a room full of ghosts, you put the candle down and this does work too. If you put the candle down and you knock the ghost out, they'll slide away. They'll go away. So I thought mm. that was the point of the candles. Mm. So by the time I got to the end, uh, when when you're to the second half, when your house starts mm-hmm. kind of becoming evil, I only had one candle, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Uh oh!" And then you find more candles. To be fair to the game, they kind of expect you might not know what to do, so you do find more mm-hmm. candles in those yeah, areas. Yeah. But it still means you got to really know exactly where to put them in your house because if you put them in the wrong spot, it doesn't stop whatever. You know, if you don't put it on the table in the middle of the living room, it doesn't stop the windows from rattling. You can put it on mm-hmm. the counter in the kitchen, but that doesn't do anything for you for the windows. Windows keep yeah. rattling, and by the save uh, book you get hurt when you're saving like that. That's mm. kind of a problem, but still I, I thought it was enjoyable, but it definitely was less fun the second time through all these areas. Maybe a new area would have helped. I don't know if that would have been more stressful because I would have to also learn an area while doing the escort, mm. but mm. I thought it was long. I thought especially like the, the water prison world. I was, when I got there, I was like, please, I didn't like this that much the first time. So the second time <laughs> I really didn't like it, but some of the other areas I really did my, I didn't mind. The apartments were long, but I think being kind of like the yeah. ultimate areas on both sides, kind of like the last areas you need to go through, made it okay. Mm. They took a little bit longer. Um, and the story, yes, the story is out there. It's hard to say that there's a Silent Hill with a story that's more out there than the others, but this one does it. This one easily yeah. out of the first three games has the, I don't want to say it's hard to follow, but even when it tells it to you, you're just like, sure, okay, I'll go with that. Um, the, the, the reveal that you get towards the end that, the uh, the hallway in your house, if you knock the wall out of the end of your hallway, comes to another secret hidden room where the body of the uh, mm. of the of Walter is the actual body is where he's been for ten plus years. You know, he caused some sort of ritual there with his own body and his own death to make your building this hell world portal that it's become. It's neat, but it was just like. Sure. Okay. Why not? No one would have noticed this somehow, but I'm good with it. Whatever. Yeah. Two people in this apartment before you, no one ever noticed that the, the, the room was smaller than the previous room. It's been the same superintendent this whole time. That doesn't make any sense, but whatever. It's okay. Yeah, this this is, you, you know, you sign up, you sign up to go on this ride and you don't question anything. Not too heavily. Uh, they, yeah, this is the, this is, if you played through the games, which you, you have, you've, you've played through them in a row. Um, this is the first one where you maybe start to worry a little bit with where the series is going to head. Like, yeah, this could just be a weird experimental game. Uh, never, never to be tried again. Right. This could be the, the fucking legend of Zelda two of silent hill games. It's like, Hmm, that didn't go so great. So let's, let's, let's go back to what we know. Or it could be, you know, the direction they're heading in. Like it was hard to tell then at the time. But I played through it and enjoyed it. Um, some of the new things they introduce, uh, little things to nitpick, like the you know the bar that pops up on the screen kind of takes you out of it a little bit. Loading times from having to, to go in and out of the house so much just, just to manage your inventory. Um, other little things here and there are small gripes. They don't ruin the game at all. I'm still playing. I'm still having a good time. Uh, the ghosts. Probably the most ruinous thing. Uh, they don't... I say ruinous. They don't ruin the game. But damn, if there were several more ghost encounters or they were even more prevalent than they already are, we would have had a problem. 
Uh, it, it just would have been an entirely different game at that point. Um, this is it's it's debated. I don't know if it's official or not that this start, did not start off as a Silent Hill game. Apparently, when you say that, there's a group of people that get really up in arms. And when you say this is did start off as a Silent Hill game, there's another group of people that gets really up in arms. I'm just going to say it's a really weird Silent Hill game um, for a series that, I mean, the series is pretty fucking weird itself, but it's kind of done its own thing and it's kind of had its own niche and it's kind of established this world. And now you're seeing a different side of it or more of it, uh, somehow less of it, though, at the same time. Uh, this was not a very successful singular tale like uh, with James in part two, because uh, there's there's not really anything there for your character in this one. You're just he's just kind of a, a, a vehicle to get from from one scene to the next and get some story out of the way. I'm not too big on the way the story's presented to you with with, you know, less exploration, less hunting down clues and more just making sure you check in at your front door every now and then to see what sheet of papers underneath it. Um, they tried things that I can appreciate. I like the, 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 the room, the first, first person part, uh, the apartment. I, I even like the little bit of, little bit of manage resource management you have to do with your candles in there. Uh, once the hauntings burst out, I, I think to do that at that point in time, the game, it ratchets up the tension. Uh, they do things and I'm on board for most of them. And there's some things that I just, that are misses with me, but still I play through this game every year. I, I very reliably play through Silent Hill one through four uh, around this time of year. And I've, I've already, this was four and I have already played through the first three. Um, and I still enjoy it. It's it's still in my rotation, and that, that means something. Uh, the Silent Hills after one through four aren't always in that rotation. Um, but it's, it's, it's unusual. And if you're a fan of the series, you probably have a strong opinion on it one way or the other. I think I'm one of the, one of the few people that's kind of in the minority that's sort of middle of the road. This, this game seems to be the one that elicits the, the strongest feelings out of the, uh, the Silent Hill community. And I, I think that makes sense because it is still definitely Silent Hill feeling. The parts were in third person feel more like the previous three games. It does try to do something mm -hmm. different with the room itself, which is the, mm -hmm. you know, the package that's around the rest of the game. I personally like it a lot. I think um, I, I think it's a nice twist. I don't want to say it's the Zelda 2 of the series because that's such a drastic departure from the previous game and the games that came after it that you're like, whoa, mm -hmm. what were you mm -hmm. thinking there? But, um, but it does kind of have the same effect where there are people who will stand there and tell you that that's their favorite Zelda and the others just didn't quite get yeah. it right. And Zelda two was the best in the series and everything after it was trash. Uh, you know, I, I think you'll find people that say the same thing about Silent Hill four that, uh, you know, I, I love it. I like the different twist on it. I like the fact that I'm, mm -hmm. you know, not ultra. It's not a story about my own personal demons. It's a story about someone else's and I'm there trying to just escape them. Right. And, and uncover the story. And the fact that it is, mm -hmm. uh, a little more combat and a little more action oriented. Then the controls really are better than, than some of the previous, uh, especially the first game. It's definitely a tighter version of that combat engine. But I, I mean, I can see how people didn't like it either. If you came into it looking for either a continuation of the story from, from one and three, 
uh, or or just straight up like, yeah, I like that. I like that game. I, I miss the open world parts, right? I, I don't have a lot of complaints about this oh, overall, yeah. even though I'm sure it might sound like it. Um, those are just criticisms. But the the lack of an open world was really the only thing I missed because I that was my favorite thing about the previous Silent Hills was really when you're out in the open and it's the foggy, mm-hmm. you know, the foggy mist, and you have to try to slowly make your way through this town where you can only see a couple buildings in front of you if you're lucky, and and you know things just jumped out at you. I thought that was neat and didn't feel as claustrophobic as the inside parts, which were also good, but kind of were there to counterbalance the outdoor parts. Uh, lacking mm-hmm. that made this, you know, not my favorite Silent Hill, but I still think it's well worth playing. Um, I don't know if I'd say, and, and I didn't do any research into was this an originally Silent Hill or not. I will tell you mm. that this is the last Silent Hill made by the official team at Konami, Team Silent, that made the first three. Mm-hmm. Um, after this game, the Silent Hill series was still you know, published by Konami, but they found other developers to do each different version of the game after this. And Team Silent was, you know, broke it up into other departments and did other things. But this is the last game in the series that you could say is the original, like, team that was behind the magic of the mm. first Silent Hill, then made two and three, and then put mm. four out. So, you know, I think you're right every year. If I was going to play these, I'd definitely play one through four. I think they're all uh, well worth playing. I think uh, of the four, I still think two is my favorite, but I might put this before oh, yeah. three. I might say you'd want to play two, one, mm. four, three in, in that order of, of good to bad, uh, which still isn't bad. That's like the best four in the games. I've only yeah. played one other Silent Hill. I think I played Origins on the Vita. Or not the Vita. Oh, boy. PSP, yes. maybe. Um, and it was fine. That was, that, was the, uh, that was the PSP. It got ported over to the PS2. And if we continue with this, that would that would that we would be on tap for that next year, uh, playing a rowdy-ass truck driver yeah. in Silent Hill. And, and that one... I, Swinging I think, pipes, pissing in bottles, the whole truck driver experience. I, I think after this game, for better or worse it reverts more to what you'd expect if you played three. Mm-hmm. Um, and and well, it, you know what? By next year, maybe we'll have a chance to play it again. I, I did play that before all the way through, and we'll see. Um, but I think this game specifically is is unique in, in the same way that two was, in that you could play it by itself, and you're fine. Yeah. You don't need to have played the oh, previous yeah. Silent Hills to get a lot. It explains the cult enough to know what's going on. If you did play the previous, mm-hmm. you, you get this extra insight, and oh, I bet they were trying to do this, this, and this. It doesn't matter. It, it all ties together neatly, but, um, you know, I, I think the stuff they added, the first person section, uh, I do like, uh, the idea of the escorting, even though the reality is a little tedious. I, I do like the idea of it in this game versus some other version games that have that sort of thing. I think this didn't do extremely poor when it came out, but it was definitely the least rated of the four, uh, by the time it came out. Uh, but I think it's one of those games that over time people have realized, it, it still does definitely fit in the Silent Hill world and and should yeah. be, you know, if you're going to make these mandatory every year, four maybe where you should stop, but definitely cover four. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Um, but damn, what a series. And you gave your little, you gave your your rankings there. I, you know, I, and I love one, so it's I'm not even shitting on it, but you got to go two, three, four, and one just because one's a little, you know, it's just a little tough to control here and there. But Definitely, this is a worthwhile entry in the series. Uh, you know, even with with problems, the the actual ones or the ones you just perce- or things you might just perceive to be problems as you play through, you do still feel like you're in that world. It does still feel connected, even though it's the most disconnected of all the games. Uh, and fuck, 
I, uh, it's, it's, it's a joy to sit down here every year and, and talk these Silent Hill games. We'll see if we continue next year. If we pick up something else, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. our thoughts on Silent Hill 4. Definitely a game worth checking out any Halloween, but specifically this year for us being the fourth year in a row we've covered them, an excellent choice. Um, normally, this is the point in the show where we'd say, hey, if you have a question, you should send it to us on Retrovania.net. Go all the way to the bottom. There's a question form. And that's still true. You send it to the question form. It will be answered by us. Unfortunately, Jeremy uh, is the one who runs the mail and mm -hmm. gets all that section. So because he's not here, uh, somewhat unexpectedly, we're not going to have time for mail tonight. We'll try to do more next episode. And again, if we have to at the end of the year, we'll do an all-mail episode again to catch up with everything. Uh, but because it is the time of year, and, and honestly, out of the three of us, Jeremy Gregory doesn't really watch horror movies. So mm -mm. you and I kind of watch them all year long, but especially this time of year, oh, are yeah. there any that you would say, like, if you were going to recommend to somebody a couple, like, what's one, we'll just go back and forth for a few, like, what's a horror movie that you oh, watch man. every year, or a new one that you've seen that made you think, like, this is well worth seeing this Halloween? Uh, well, I'll tell you one that's in my rotation, and this one's going to pop you right here. You'll give this one a full agreement. I'm a big found footage man. And with found footage films, uh, it, you wade through a lot of shit to define a gem. But I found a real gem. You found a real gem about the same time as I did with Hell House LLC. Yes. A tremendous, probably the best found footage horror I have seen. It has a couple sequels. They get mm, progressively stranger. Um, two, I can I, I can sign off on two. Three is iffy. Uh, but one is just it's a delightful film. They have a director's cut out now, which tacks on quite a bit. I think it's been another 20, 30 minutes. So even if you have seen it, uh, it's definitely worth seeing it again. Um, that is, I, I, I had to throw one found footage out there. And there are so many out there. And, and you, if you're like me, you'll just pick one every now and then and watch it for as long as you can stand it. Uh, but this is one of the few that, that every year, uh, and in fact, October 1st this year, I couldn't wait until later in the month that that was my first viewing uh for halloween for for the month this year yeah i i do love hell house and that was on my list too so i'll have to say it but i i would agree mm. uh the, the sequels are okay but the first movie is uh, on its own just a wonderful watch for this time of year it's about uh people who basically buy this old building that has a questionable past and they try to set up like this mm -hmm. haunted house thing in it so you've got that whole time of year as the basis for this but meanwhile what makes a good found footage movie for me in the and, and this movie does this pretty well is the film quality is not too good it's not totally yeah. bad it doesn't look like two kids with a camcorder uh, in their backyard but it it's not incredibly clear it, it is all yeah. you know held uh hand cam footage and stuff so it moves around when they run sometimes you can't see exactly what it is until they turn around and you can see a few glimpses of things but it's just that the 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 way they've used that to kind of foreshadow things that are happening in there like you'll see something in the background and and not be quite sure if you're supposed to see that or if it's important or not and it, it ends up coming in later it, it's it's done really well and it and it does that mm -hmm. it 
found footage, I do the same thing. I'll, I'll find a found footage movie. I go to Tubi a lot lately because Tubi has a ton of found footage movies. And I'd say it's 95% awful. But I still go through them because occasionally you find the gem like this one. You're like, this is wonderful. Because yeah. it is... I heard- when you can pull yourself away from all those bad Ben films. Oh boy, yeah, don't skip bad Ben. That's not a recommendation. Uh, I'm actually going to continue on s- somewhat of a found footage kick for this next one. Um, as mm-hmm. a series, I love the VHS movies. The if they're like anthology movies. Oh yes. The, now that as like any anthology movie, sometimes some sections are better than others, and there are some that are woefully bad. But the second VHS movie, VHS two is easily well worth seeing. There are two segments specifically that I recommend. Watch all of it, but there's a segment where it's um, a a traditional zombie story, but the zombies have like cameras on them based on the story. So you kind of get to see what a zombie does as he's turning into a zombie. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent one. And then there's one about a cult uh, that is absolutely incredible. Uh, Both of those are are part of VHS 2. All the VHS ones are worth seeing. Um, the third one is the worst of them so far, but there's apparently a new one coming to Shudder exclusively this year uh, that hits in yes. a couple weeks. And I, I'm, I'm waiting for the day it hits. I will watch it by myself immediately. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be. This will be one of those, yeah. It's not going to get shown on the TV probably. This will be me huddled in the, in the bedroom, lights off with, with the iPad, shamefully watching. <laughs> um, and then if it's good enough, I'll present it. Um, but no, it's ah, man. I found footage out of the way. I I have another gym that I go to um, every well for the last two or three years. Uh, it, it's a Spanish language film called Terrified, not Terrifier with you know the, the clown. That's a good one. Terrified. Though. I do like that too. It, it is a good, and the new one's coming. But uh, Terrified, and it's it's basically a lot of weird paranormalish shit happening in a neighborhood and and the the officers that are there are sent to kind of detectives that are kind of sent to explore what's going on figure out everything it does a lot of weird time jumping it, it tells a few stories kind of interwoven um so that's that's it's a little jarring when characters that were dead are now there and happy uh but it does jump around a little bit but it is one of the films that and i don't scare easy with film i mean a jump scare will get me that that, they're designed to loud noise sudden movement you're going to jump i don't count it but in terms of just making me feel a a, a sense of like unease a sense of dread give you that kind of that that goosebump that negative goosebumps feeling uh this one definitely does it and it's it's one of those i uh I have only a handful of films, horror films, I will show two people and I'll tell them, I guarantee you're going to enjoy this. And and that's one of them. On the lighter side, and I know it's Halloween, so you're going to say, well, Jeremy, what about Halloween? Well, of course, the Halloween movies are great. The first two Halloween movies are guaranteed watches. I watch actual Halloween on the night of Halloween every year. Back to back. You got to do it back to back. But the movie that in the series that I will watch every Halloween and only during Halloween is my favorite mm-hmm. of the series, which is Halloween uh-huh. three season of the witch. Absolutely love this movie. Cause it's uh-huh. all about kids uh, buying Halloween masks that will turn them into bug people. And I, I cannot stop watching it. It is the, the worst in uh, by any measure of the Halloween series. Uh, as far as, you know, is it in any way really scary? No, no. Is it, 
is it even like a Halloween movie and that no Mike Myers is in it. it has nothing to do with him? It's it's a standalone movie. They were gonna make them anthologies and they said they were gonna try that and it, it didn't do incredibly well because people were upset about it. Uh, it has become my favorite in the series because it is definitely a movie about trick or treating. Uh, at the very end of the movie, it has that song that you'll never get out of your head. It I, is. I, I was about to say um, we're recording this now, so I have no way of knowing. Uh, but as the time this is playing, have you had enough self control that that song has not played? Yet? I actually, uh, you're going to be fine. You're going to find out when you listen to this. I started from the very beginning of the episode and played it the entire <laughs> way. Uh, no, I wouldn't do that. That would be <laughs> that would be painful. But I do love that song, and I will be playing it at my house while kids come for It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon, and remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it, and don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. So yeah, if you're looking for something, and you for somehow have not watched Halloween three because you're like, oh, I don't like scary movies, it's the best, not really scary movie. That's tied yeah. to Halloween that I can think of. I mean, I guess, you know, if you could watch Hocus Pocus or something. But no, Halloween 3 Seasons of the Witch, the the one to watch and the one I watch every year. And I think that's going to do it for us for movie recommendations. We'll come up with some more for next time because we've got another episode mm-hmm. coming at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Now, we've already covered a Silent Hill. I can't imagine what other series we'll revisit for the next episode right before Halloween, but I guess you'll have to find out by tuning in. Also, as always, if you like this show and you want more of it, if you join our Patreon, you get access to three bonus episodes. We've already done one on Tecmo's Deception, and we got two more coming that are also Halloween-themed games. But every month, three more episodes by joining our Patreon. The link is always in the description of the podcast, and we will see you next time. Stop it, please, for God's sake, please stop it. There's no more time. You've got to please stop it. Stop it now. Turn it off. Turn it off. Stop it. 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 Stop it.